The mother put the porcelain spoon. The mother drew back and poured the little girl back. But the mother did not hear the old voice. The mother. Experience the heartwarming story of a mother's love that knows no bounds, titled The Mother, written by Nobel Prize-winning author Pearl S. Buck. It's a story of love, sacrifice, and the universalism of motherhood that transcends race and borders, told through an account of an unnamed mother living in rural China in the early 20th century. Get the audiobook right now at radio.cgtn.com or any major podcast platform. Simply search for the Books and Beyond podcast and key in the mother. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you live from Beijing. I'm He Yang. Good as always to have you along. Every day of the past four years has been building to this moment: graduation. For all college graduates out there, you made it. So take this moment to celebrate. But once the excitement of graduating fades, you may find yourself wondering: Now what? Which path should you take after college? Thus, we arrive at today's installment of our special series, Beyond the Cap and Gown, as we look at challenges and opportunities faced by college graduates in China, and we take a look at novel types of harm caused by aggressive data harvesting. Users often are in a disadvantageous position in face of excessive data collection. How can we stop it? Well, better regulation seems to be the global trend, and we'll discuss for today's program. I'm joined by Li Yi and Pearl in the studio. First on today's show. College graduation is an exciting time for students. After four years of study, you've reached a milestone. You are now free to choose from many life paths. While some feel they are spoiled for choice, more may feel a bit unsure or downright anxious about the next chapter in life. Can I just say first, take a moment to breathe and congratulate yourself on making it this far. And also, congratulations to the parents as well. You know, it's really super important to start any new journey in your life by acknowledging where you were before. And now, which direction do college grads take after graduation? Will outline different scenarios. One popular option is pursue another degree, go to graduate school. So fill us in on this popular decision of many college graduates in China these days. Of course, I think among all the paths that college graduates could take,、um, pursuing further study has been a popular and common choice for them. Either for you know pursuing diploma at a better University, or you know, simply for a better career development. But this year, we are seeing more college graduates, you know, pursuing further education, according to a report published by Michaels Higher Education Data Provider and Consultancy. Nearly. 18% of college graduates from the class of 2022 choose to pursue postgraduate study after receiving their bachelor's degree. And for comparison, this percentage was nearly 15% for the class of 2018. And also, about 1.24 million students enrolled in postgraduate programs in 2022. And this figure has been surging dramatically since the year of 2017, when the enrollment figure. 
stood at over eight hundred thousand. And also, according to insiders, this trend will continue next year. That means we are hopefully seeing more people continuing their further study after college graduation. And I think it's quite understandable, right? Because cons- considering people want to pursue better diploma,、uh, to take this opportunity. Of entering postgraduate study, and meantime, given the economic situation after pandemic, maybe some people are not really positive about the current job market. They simply want to pursue and polishing their educational background for better career development. Yeah,、uh, Pearl, you're from South Africa. What's your reading into this situation? Also, does it sound any similar to what goes on at home? Or you know, what are people's considerations when they decide, oh, I want to get another degree after my bachelor's?、Um, you know, for fellows South Africans, I think there is that、uh, desire and understanding that people have to. Advance in their careers and also just prepare themselves for the job market out there. And one of the things that they consider is maybe I should get another degree so that I am more competitive and I stand out、uh, when put in 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 one box with my other peers. So people want to stand out. That's why they want to choose、um, to go further with their education. And、um, I mean, when you look at、uh, the survey, I think that was done. Um, here in China,、mm-hmm. uh, by a、uh, New Oriental Education and Technology Group, it surveyed over nearly a million, which is like nine hundred thousand people, that they service through their tutoring、um, uh, services or courses, and they found that people do have that desire to find better jobs.、Uh, that was one of the findings of the of the survey, as well as you know. Ensure that they have better opportunities when it comes to career developments, and that's similar. That's a similar mindset to people in South Africa that will do pursue further education after getting their first degree. They want to have a better opportunity out there in terms of、uh, their careers. They want to grow in their careers, and one way of doing that is to. Get yourself、uh, better prepared by getting another degree, and I'll I'll quote you one interesting.、Um, One interesting stat that I just came across when I was reading and researching for this discussion、um, in South Africa. Well, this was in 2017. I found that in South Africa, there was a、um, well a surge in the number of black science PhD graduates、mm-hmm. um, around 2017, and、uh, that they found happened over a period of ten、uh, years, a decade, and.、Uh, That was, you know, when you compare black to white South Africans,、mm. there was this huge surge in in black science PhD scientists, and that is remarkable in South Africa when you look at our history,、yeah. because、um, it marks a big change from the situation under apartheid.、Um, Well, we know what about. I think I hope people are aware of what apartheid was. That was、uh, the government prior to 1994. It ended in 1994 when South Africa decided to pursue a multi-party, democratic, all-inclusive democratic system, and、uh, that's when we had our first black president, Nelson Mandela, elected, and.、Um, Before that、uh, year, 1994, during the apartheid system, which was、uh, very divisive and only catered for mainly for the white community, so it was a minority government as we called it then.、Um, 
80% of uh, people were historically excluded from uh, research-intensive universities. Uh, that is black people. Mm. And South Africa is a majority black African country. So that was uh, a huge disparity back then. So it's, it's very encouraging to see that there is this development. The efforts that the government has put in place are paying off now. We are seeing that uh, there are efforts to diversify the, the, the graduates that we have in all sectors, including science, uh, the science field. So I was impressed by that uh, statistics, uh, statistic that I came across when I was reading up for this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I appreciate that uh, every individual panelist comes to our show bringing um, your unique perspective and also directing our attention to interesting and in this occasion, I believe, aspiring and uh, really useful information for everybody to know. So thanks for that, Pearl. And also for a lot of uh, people who are going into postgraduate education, um, sure, the factors you just mentioned, they make sense. But what's kind of ringing um, in the back of the head of some of or a lot of these Chinese students may be a kind of procrastination. So it's like, you know, staying in the safe haven of the campus for a few more years. And then I'll join the brutal and competitive job searching process. And I just wonder if that is um, a healthy mindset, but but who are we to judge, right? Also, it's you know this young person, often you know just struggling and trying to come up with the most suitable path for the this one individual. So, uh, but but also when you've got like maybe swaths of people thinking in a similar manner, then I think it deserves a, our attention and a discussion. So, um, do you have any thoughts on that? I, 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 do, I don't think we have the audacity to say, oh, this is suggestion or advice or you should just follow this. But I think it's worth the discussion. Of course, I think, you know, um, graduation, especially college graduation, is a very complicated crossroads for any young person, especially when you are faced with a lot of choices. And you can be, you know, confused which path shall I choose. And usually, as you said, especially because of the fear or anxiety pushed by the competitive job market. And some young people would simply would choose to pursue further study to either, you know, better their educational background and increase their competency for future job market. And that has been a phenomenon for years, I would say. But obviously, now we've seen um, young people, young college graduates are facing fiercer competition, of course, to pursue further study has been a very important option for them. But meantime, I would say, as Pro said, you know, the promotion of education sector has been valued in all countries, I would say, and mm. same here in China, because we've experienced the expansion of higher education in the past three decades. I mean, uh, in 1999, China launched a policy of higher education expansion to give more students the chance to receive higher education. We were building more schools, we were hiring more professors, we were offering more positions in universities. And as a result, you know, college enrollment was greatly expanded. And um, 
it's it has its advantages. I mean, the overall quality of our population has been promoted. However, that also brings f- more challenges for college graduates. That means if you want to stand out among your peers, you have to pay for more. And some people choose to pursue further study simply to stand out among their peers. Right, and also there's the other side of the coin that is a kind of degree. Inflation yes. and people feel compelled that they just have to up their game, get another degree on top of that, and just so that you can stand out in a competitive market. And also, there's one more thing that might not seem all that favorable for folks who are really trying their best to beef up their arsenal of academic degrees. That is. Apparently, when you're looking for jobs, sometimes the employer still goes down your CV and resume and look at what's your the the school of your bachelor's degree, and it, it's kind of a little bit of a defeating feeling. It's almost like you know I've stacked up my CV. Can't you see what I've how far I've come? Now you're going back to to to, to my bachelor's degree again, um, and, and maybe. The、uh, employer really values quite a lot there. So, what you say, Pearl?、Um, is that is that something that should be changed, or what's in the consideration of the employers when they're looking at that? I think you should look at the skills gained through the education that this person went through.、Um, but yeah, there is that bias when people want to actually sort out. <laughs> People that they want to employ, they look at the name rather than you know the qualifications that this person gained, the skills that、uh, p- this person was able to gain through their educational career at this institution that they went to. So、um, for me, I would say、uh, it, it is a tough one for、yeah. for. Graduates, because、mm. that is out of their control. It's based on、uh, a subjective opinion of、uh, a particular employer. But、uh, all you have to do is impress. At if you do get a chance to have your foot in through the door, especially when it comes to、um, callbacks and、uh, interviews, then that's where you have to shine. Yeah, impress.、Uh, Impress the person that is in front of you, so that they look beyond the school that they went to. Yeah, I'm sure there are other factors that pe-、uh, the employer would look into. But what's really annoying here is that if it's a very tight labor market, then a lot of the CVs are just going to be automatically sifted through, and then that's the part that that people can yell, "Hey, discrimination!" Exactly, I would say you know a major reason that we are seeing so-called first diploma discrimination is that college graduates are facing fiercer competition. Simply, the supply exceeds the demand.、Oh. That means you know employers, recruiters, they have a hands of you know great. Talents with great educational backgrounds, and of course, they want you know better potential employees. And within just a few minutes of interview, they can only refer to their CV, which is their you know educational background, which schools they graduate. Of course, they are selecting the best from the best. However,、mm. of course, we 
we have to, you know, advocate for those young people because, you know, simply your educational background can stand for, can speak for your personal skills.、Mm-hmm. You know, those educational background are only like twenty percent displayed, you know, above the iceberg, and then there are like eighty percent of your potential com- competency, like your interpersonal skills, your your teamwork be- work ability.、Mm-hmm. There, are, there are so much more ab- abilities. To be discovered during like a long-term process. Yeah, but does this kind of point to a painful but true fact that is, well, the gaokao is still super important because it is still possibly the fairest way to screen candidates in this country, at least at the time. At this time, it still kind of holds that role. Of course, you know you have to admit there. Well, 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 well. Well, I hate to admit that, but there exists like certain hi- hi- hierarchy among universities and colleges. Because when you look at those educational funds, you know different university can receive. There remain disparities, so that means students learning at different universities can enjoy different educational resources. And when you try to manage to get a position in top university, of course, you can enjoy better teaching and a better, you know, f- infrastructure and more opportunities. So that can lead to further discrimination from the job market. There's that aspect of things, and we have to acknowledge it. But it's not like the four years that you've just spent just go down a waste, because it's not like that either. There are still other factors that we will discuss, and、uh, which shows that this is not the only primary thing that is determining your future. Because trust me, there are many more. And graduating into a tough labor market could mean people look for safer options or stable jobs. And what's more stable than holding the iron, the iron? Rice bowl, right? And we're also seeing the trend in the last couple of years as more young people、um, prefer the、uh, job of a civil servant or a public servant、um, with the bianzhu. So, tell us a bit more about that. Yes,、um, I would say more than one point fifty-two million people said at China's. Annual civil service recruitment examination to compete for vacancies with the central authorities and their branches, and for the 2023 intake, China plans to recruit over 37,000 thou- civil servants to work for central authorities and institutions directly under them. And this year exam attracted nearly two million. Applicants, and that means about one in forty-one people taking the exam could finally be re- be recruited. And also, Bianzhu, as you said, is basically a government-founded post that can normally be extended for life and comes with a stable career, with housing subsidies or other benefits. And it has been, you know, seen as a golden rice bowl for a lot of, you know,、uh, people and also their parents. So we are seeing that more young people, especially college graduates, are seeking. This this stability in jobs, not flexibility. They are increasingly taking these exams, you know, looking for public servant positions and also jobs with Bianzhu. And also, there is survey showing that you know graduates work in such sectors are more satisfied with their jobs, and there are you know. Um, saying that maybe because people are increasingly seeking more st- stability and they want more like assurance to work in such organizations or institutions, 
And uh, that's basically the latest trend we are seeing, you know, from the class of 2022. Yeah, and in the last couple of years as well. Um, what do you think is behind this? I wouldn't say obsession, but certainly the propensity of going for the really stable jobs these days. I have to say, you know, we've been doing this、uh, show for、uh, more than a decade now, believe it or not. Woohoo!、Uh, not to chatter too much,、um, but certainly we've seen that there's this shift in people's preference in the last decade or so. Well, I mean, if you look at in recent years,、uh, when you look at the years twenty. 21, no, 2019, 2020, 2021. And, During COVID? And、uh, yes, that's where I was going <laughs> with that one. Most of the graduates, 20,、yeah. 23 graduates, they went through their higher education careers or studies under COVID.、Mm. And、uh, that was a very restricting、um, period. And Full of uncertainty for them,、mm. and so I would say what influences their desire to get a stable job comes from there. They want to return to some semblance of normalcy, so a stable job would give them that.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, also, you, they don't have to worry about a lot of things, unlike during COVID, where they were, were not sure about many things or where we were going with this pandemic. And now that we are. Almost over the line, they they will try to get their feet grounded with a stable job,、uh, hoping that in the future they will be able to make a decision to grow or、uh, grow in the in the industry that they are in, or pursue other other passions、um, or other careers. But right now, I think that's the. I mean, at least for myself, that's what I would like to see.、Mm. But、um, uh, it is something that I, when I was reading up, it's a survey done by a career sites for graduates、um, or people that just recently graduated or college graduates、uh, in the U.S. It's called、uh, Handshake. They did a survey where they found that. Uh, four out of five graduates. That's what they want. They want a stable job. Eighty-five percent of the people of the respondents said they want a stable job. And this and then, is in the U.S. too. This is in the U.S. Maybe it has something to do with COVID as and well. And then just、yeah. below that, the they had like eighty-one percent of the respondents said、uh, it's benefits.、Mm-hmm. And then the third one, which was in the eighties, was.、Uh, I think salary, yes, salaries that people that wanted better salaries or higher salaries, they the, the respondents there were about eighty percent. So at the top of the list, it was stable job.、Mm-hmm. I mean, and then followed by benefits, good benefits, and it, the third one in the eighties was the the need or desire for a better salary.、Right. So you can see that graduates in twenty twenty three, they do want after a bit. Period of COVID, they do want some stability. I think besides the consideration for stability, you know, you are seeing more young people choosing to take those annual civil servant exam or to pursue those jobs with BNG. Also, because this kind of jobs are usually enjoying social prestige in the Chinese society. You know, they are like well respected. It's kind of like the you know public obsession to being a lawyer or a doctor. Of course, these professions are pretty much respected here in China. But I mean, if you have a kid who managed to get a position in the public servant system, or like to have a job with BNG, you feel really honored, and you feel like you know 
Um, is it, it still so much like that? Though? I would say among uh, elder generation,、uh-huh. it is, and also、uh, as Pro said, as people are seeking more security right now, so we are seeing more young people also joining this trend. Yeah. So if you become a civil servant slash public servant working for the government, I think there's also one caveat. I I'll just put it out there. That is,、um, it's probably best that one does not go into these jobs seeking to make. Big amount of money, because yeah, the job description kind of puts it there. Of course, if you you know progress in that、uh, civil servant ladder, one could、uh, possibly land at very powerful positions. But this is serving the people is essentially what the job is asking one to do. And if we set that straight in our minds,、um, maybe this is good for the development of. This whole sector altogether, and so aside from you know staying at school, going to a、uh, going for a public job,、um, you could go to a private company, and this is a huge part of our economy as well. So, what are the sort of top considerations from the? Uh, job applicants' point of view when they look at the situation. I would say you know young college graduates are being certain conservative when choosing to go to these private companies as their career, especially those small sized private companies with three hundred employees or fewer, because they have seen a decrease in college graduates recruitment, and also starting a business is also a, an option for college graduates. I mean, education is a popular sector for those who are trying to. Set up their business, and also with the booming of short video platforms, culture, sports, and in the entertainment industries are also widely favored by freelance groups. But of course, we have to notice those young people. It can be challenging to start a business for college graduates because of a lack of connections, experience, and you also experience frequent burnout when you try to manage your own business. Well, see if you. Um, have something to build upon, you know.、Yes. Just starting from scratch could be quite difficult.、Uh, it's less about where your degree can take you, and more about where you want to take your degree. In my opinion, which pretty means that skills are transferable, and they can move with you from all kinds of scenarios into different kinds of jobs. Or take a gap year,、uh, figure out what you want in life. That's it. We'll be back after this break. I was born on the 17th of November. Delve into a world of words with Books and Beyond, a podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. I came into the world as the youngest of five children. I wondered what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon you, limpid one! Why have you taken? Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics. From the comfort of your own personal space, Sun Tzu underlined three points on the context game. There was、initiative. no better wine, and not to mention the. Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener, our carefully curated selection of audio books will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audio book adventure now on radio.cgtn.com. Or your favorite podcast app. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable with myself, He Young. I'm joined by Li Yi and Pearl in the studio. Coming up. 
Ordering a cup of milk tea could generate 87 pieces of personal data on the customer who holds all that info about you. How is it used? Is your data at risk? We try to answer all those questions. And around the world, rampant incidences of high heat are putting more people in danger of heat-related illnesses. We highlight the ways to prepare for heat waves and ensure your safety. Our podcast listeners can find us at Roundtable China on Apple Podcast. When you're there and you're so inclined, please give us a five-star review. It will help other folks find the show. And look, I know I say this all the time, but no matter who you are or where you are or what you do, your story makes this economy go around. It's the truth. And there's got to be questions you want to raise and hear us discuss. So share with us, would ya? There's a place to do it. EZFM Roundtable at Foxmail.com. Emails are fine, but voice memos are always better. Your voice could be featured in our heart to heart segment. Now on Roundtable, as we continue today's discussion, ordering food online, either in the restaurant or physically being at a different location, is what people do every day. But did you know, every time you've agreed to entering your cell phone number on a food ordering digital platform, you could be signing away a lot more personal data than just that phone number. We all know by now our data is being collected via our online activities. But to what extent is going too far? Who should claim ownership to the data that we as users and consumers create? A new news report found that merely ordering a cup of milk tea online could generate 87 pieces of personal data. What's going on with that? Well, nearly 90 pieces of personal data of customers could be collected by one single milk tea order. That sounds pretty scary. And uh, that is a result conducted by a secret investigation by local cyberspace regulator in Shanghai this March. And they have surveyed nearly 30 well-known milk tea shops in the city and also fast food restaurants. And according to the subsequent investigation, one popular milk tea chain brand has been collecting customer data excessively. You know, as you said, for every received order, nearly 90 pieces of personal data could be generated. And also as of March this year, this process has accumulated more than 10 billion records. And among them, there were about 670 million records containing sensitive personal information, such as your names, your phone numbers, and also longitude and latitude of your delivery addresses. And what's more shocking is that this milk tea chain is not only one brand that has been doing this. You know, more restaurants and a coffee house chain are required to make rectification for collecting excessive personal information of customers. And also, again, local cyberspace regulator and market regulation authorities in Shanghai summoned three firms, and uh, including Starbucks, Shake Shack and Simply Thai for collecting excessive personal information of customers. And, um, you know, they were asked to make rectification. And uh, this three companies saying that they would conduct a comprehensive examination of excessive collection of personal information. Hmm. I'm really surprised that there is that much information to collect on one person just buying a milk tea. Were you surprised at all about this? Maybe it is the fact now that the milk tea shop probably knows you better than your mama. 
Yeah, th- I was surprised <laughs> because why? Why, yeah. why? Why would you need so you look much? You were so confused. You know? <laughs> it is, but this is the trend, though. You see a lot of companies, online companies, doing this. Whenever you want to sign up for something, they'll ask for, I don't know, even for your dead grandmother's middle name or whatever. You know, I'm exaggerating, of course, but they do ask you for a lot of information, just for you to move on to the next stage of whatever process you're. Going through, and that is very scary,、uh, and this increases the risk of data, our personal data being stolen, or hackers, you know, having access to all this information that is out there that is being harvested by all these companies, and we've seen so many cases of、um, hackers、uh, accessing millions and millions of.、Uh, Uh, customers or users' information in Australia. They've had、uh, several cases.、Uh, there was this tele-、uh, telecom company. Op- I think it's called Opus, where hackers were able to access the data and you know take the information and blackmail people and so on. Whatever they do, you know, all these illegal activities that they do to get this information and also use the information that they get.、Mm-hmm. It's it's very scary, and so. There is a need, of course. I mean, for governments, our governments, to take stronger action. And、uh, I see, even here in China, there's been a lot of、uh, um, seriousness being paid to this situation. Yes, and we, that we will get into、mm. in one second. You point to something that is definitely, I think, the the most. Reckless part of this whole thing—that is, if your information falls in the hands of bad people, there are plenty of things that you, we don't really want to imagine, but it could happen. But also, on the other hand, which has become a, a bit more like business practice now, is that there's a whole business that、uh, um, that revolves around mining information, all that data that well, we create with every single move. In、um, people's data,、yes. so that's why there are all these long lists of、uh, questions that you have to answer because they are being used unknowingly to the customer who's supplying this information. They are being used for nef- well, maybe not nefarious means, but you do not consent. For your information to be passed on to third parties and other、um, agencies that might want to use this information, and this part of the discussion we've had for years, actually, and we've seen that new or along the way, we've seen regulations being rolled out, or、uh, and also if you watch closely, some of. Well, now、mm, there's still the bad apples out there, but for a lot of these platforms, they don't ask you so many lengthy questions anymore. But but still, you see that the you know eighty seven pieces of people they do that, yeah, yeah. So so maybe they don't ask you like ten questions. Now they ask you maybe five. Or with this particular example, which is kind of enlightening, that is with your phone number, one. Piece of information they can get many others. So,、um, Li Yi, help us zero in on the problems that data collection or excessive data collection has caused for us. Well, I think you know I'm not really surprised about my personal information could be accessed by those restaurants or companies.、Mm-hmm. But I mean, they are really going far beyond our imagination right、yeah. now. And for example, you mentioned you know one maybe one order could just、uh, generate your. 
leak of your personal information, and that is actually true because according to you know certain media reports, the threshold for developing such you know online food ordering system is quite low. So basically, you could easily find a large number of individual buyers or technology companies who can develop such systems or like mini programs on major e-commerce platforms, secondhand online trading platforms, and search websites. And according to those service providers. You know, basically, they can spend like one day to design such ordering system, which can collect the user's address and mobile phone number. And the price is only eighty yuan per year, and、uh, even like one hundred sixty yuan for permanent usage. So it's quite cheap. And not so costly to produce such, you know, ordering system which can get access to users' information. And also, what's more scary is that a wide range of personal information can be collected via such systems. You know, some developers even said that it's very easy to obtain personal information such as your. Customers' profile photo, their gender, mobile phone number, and location, and plus, it could could be possible to get access to their ID number and even facial recognition information. <sighs> If providing relevant information, that's so that's why, pretty scary. Yeah, that's why you should always be careful when these platforms ask you to scan your face. And sometimes it just it baffles me. I just want to watch a video or a series of videos, and you ask me to scan my face. What? And sometimes when you're like trying to access your online banking, okay, I understand that is a serious matter. And it's now pretty much mandatory that you need to、um, scan your face in order to use the premium service. Service, so yeah, this is、uh, this this is a sore spot for a, a lot of customers and for other customers. Actually, maybe they don't care that much by I now. I don't think it's it's that they don't care. I think people are so annoyed that they've resigned to the fact that this is what is happening in the industry or in the tech industry or when they go online to use all these online platforms, whether they want to buy something or just you know. Uh, go through, browse through、uh, certain websites and so on. People, I I I think they will go now. They they've decided to go up to a certain point when it comes to making、um, their information, personal information, available. When you ask for maybe something that they feel it's not necessary to provide, then they stop or give up on the process. I I know with myself that's how I now take. This whole thing, I do sometimes go by. Okay, should I give my date of birth? I know that's one thing that I have never given out. Even if you, you just go, make something up, I don't give it. You go to my. Then you can't proceed. You go to my、uh, Facebook、uh-huh. or my、um, Twitter account. You'll find that even my. Gmail account, you still find that that's one of the questions that are still remaining、uh, unanswered. You know, they send a, ma- a notification every、mm. now and then, reminding me that I need to fill this in, and I don't do it, and nothing happens. So I'm okay with that. But you know, for like the bank. Mm-hmm. I think banks are more serious when it comes to cybersecurity. So I, I kind of trust them a bit more with that information because I mean, there's a lot at stake for banks to be,、yeah. you know,、uh, to be playing with people's information like that. So I think I. I have a bit more trust on when it comes to like really serious official institutions such as banks, but then other companies that we are engaged with, like if you want to buy food. 
uh, why why would you want my age if you want if I'm buying food? I'm giving you my money. What they don't ask you for your age, by the way. Now is yeah. I mean, it depends which which company you. Well, are using. now because in China in recent years there are there's been a series of regulation targeting true, this true. issue and yes. but so it's it's. Changing things, but not to the extent that everybody's happy with. Obviously, obviously, you know, I think there are different consideration, you know, in in, in different types of information you're providing. But I mean, an, an, another important question is, am I informed when those companies are trying to collect my data? Well, I mean, you you know, they're sorry to interrupt, but you know. With every app or every small embedded、uh, system thing, so、uh, 程序 that thing on your WeChat, you 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 are encountered with that front page of "Do you agree?" And every time I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm agreeing because I really want to use the service. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be firing up this thing. Yeah, because、yes. they don't、It's、also like- offer you. Like an alternative to this, they, it's either you use it or you don't. So,、mm-hmm. what's the point? It's the point that do you want to play in this playground? If you do, then you know, join in. If not, yeah. So it feels really very much like we're in the position very much disadvantageous in that sense. Yes, I agree with you. It can be really costly for customers to simply say no to those you know options, and we are not really offering. We're not really offered. A lot of alternatives, and as you said, I mean, you know, I, I'm just trying to compare what we are facing right now with a few years ago,、mm-hmm. especially in this, you know, restaurant sector. I mean,、uh, it has been common practice for restaurants to, you know, try to track customer information or or, or or preferences simply to upgrade their service. For example, like a restaurant could remember. A VIP customer's birthday, so that they could just offer the best meal when that customer come on、mm-hmm. that day, or they can remember my preference in terms of choosing meals, so that they can you know recommend or provide personalized menus to me. But I mean, those practices are for the good sake of customers. And meantime, when they are trying to collect those kind of information, I'm aware of that process. But、yeah. I mean, nowadays we are using those digital devices and and the digital online. Ordering systems and、uh, those com- companies are basically secretly collecting my personal information t- for what? For making themselves their business more competitive in the market, and、yeah. that's a major approach. And selling your information off and making a profit out of that. How do you feel about that, dear customer? But the thing is, what the cost,、uh, what the companies are often saying that please give us more info because that's how we make our service better. And you know you hear that from Facebook as well. It's almost like, well, you know, fighting fire with fire, and how to improve what we do. Give us more information. Stick to our platform, and we'll get better. And that is just an argument for a user who's been immersed in the internet of world. Then we can't really agree to it that much anymore. So, what do you think is the way forward? What's next? I think it still、uh, stands with you know our government institutions,、yeah. a- agencies that are charged with monitoring what is happening online, as well as you know、uh, regulating the industry to issue tougher、uh, punishments or penalties for people who break the law. Because we saw、um, here in China in 2021, the Personal Information Protection 
uh, law came into effect in 2021 and uh, it was able to address, I mean, you've just spoken about some of the curbs that were introduced by this law where, you know, asking people about their ages and so on. But uh, it also goes to say that people need to be aware of mm-hmm. what is happening and what is required of them and uh, so that they don't fall prey to all these uh, unscrupulous practices from uh, the industry but again if you are desperate or you need a certain <laughs> platform you know their services uh, then you you do fall fall prey to unscrupulous practices so it's it's uh, i guess it, it's a tough one but if if companies are aware that there are tough penalties i guess uh, they they will you know stay away from trying to coerce um, customers into giving up their information. I mean, one of the uh, some of the punishments that I was looking at uh, under this law that uh, China introduced in 2021 uh, was that uh, platforms found to have uh, illegally collected personal uh, information uh, from customers, they risk having their businesses suspended or terminated. So that is a good threat, I think. People will be scared to uh, force their customers or clients to issue or give uh, personal information that is not necessary because uh, they just want to have it. Mm-hmm. So I think we should uh, focus on that, strengthening the law as well as the penalties that accompany the law so that those who break the law, they face the full wrath of the law. I love that praise. <laughs> totally. I would say, you know, from the perspective of society and also government, of course, you know, better, well-established regulation system is definitely needed. I mean, for example, as, you know, this local cyberspace authorities in Shanghai does, without their investigation, we wouldn't really know that those milk tea shops are collecting our personal information in that way. So maybe in the future, we need more investigation like that. And also, you know, according to, you know, certain regulation, current, current regulation, I would say, from Chinese Technology Hub, Apps cannot really refuse to offer core services to users who don't agree to provide their personal data. So there is such regulation. But I mean, in reality, is that regulation be implemented in a good way? That's a question mark. Of course, we, we might need more investigation on that. Mm-hmm. And also from the perspective of companies, there are some things they can do. Of course, they are collecting this customer information for good reasons. But I mean, there are also something they should do. For example, they should be transparent about their collecting uh, or data collection process. I mean, you have to tell your customers you are doing this and why you are collecting their data and what you are going to use their data for. And also to provide better education to our employees because sometimes maybe the core IT department of your company can get access to, the, to their personal information of customers and uh, they should have really good ethnics, I mean, work ethnics to be keep secret of their personal information. That's a very important lesson for companies out there because we are seeing so many information leak, you know, accidents coming from that, you know, unconscious leak from employees, I mean, inside the company. And that's also kind of a a way to look at this wearing rosy colored glasses in the sense that yes work ethics is real uh, well is this work ethics or, or just the ethics of conduct as a human being when you're doing your job whatever however 
uh, you're doing it, what profession it might be, without the watchful eyes behind your back, would you be able? Are you capable of carrying out the work, the process, and everything、uh, in goodwill and following all the rules? And I think that's well, that's what we want in every society, ideally. And well, that's also why the law exists. But but you know, maybe this is a deeper discussion for a different day. And coming up next, scorching heat makes summertime less enjoyable. When it's too hot, there are health risks too.、Uh, we discuss ways to stay safe and hopefully cool in this weather. And here's how to do it. Right after this break, stay tuned. Looking for passion? How about fiery debate? Want to hear about current events in China from different perspectives? Then tune in to Roundtable. Where East meets West, and understanding is the goal. It's the hour of roundtable with myself, Ha Young. I'm joined by Li Yi and Pearl in the studio. During a pop concert held in Liaoning Sports Stadium, Shenyang City, on June the 23rd, in the heat of the moment, instead of a sing-along, members of the audience shouted unanimously and loudly, "Turn on the AC!" That's a little embarrassing. The organizers later on apologized that the air conditioning gear could not cope with the very hot weather in the city. And recently, many cities in northern China are enduring heavy oh、uh, heat waves and have issued heat alerts. So, just a very brief、um, recap on the the hot weather we're going through right now. Yes, I would say heat wave is hitting most parts of China. And、uh, for example, last Friday on June 23rd, China's Meteorological Administration activated a level four, which is the lowest level in a four-tier system, emergency response for high temperatures, as heat and also heavy rains are forecast to hit large parts of the country, and multiple major. Um, situations in Beijing, Tianjin, as well as、uh, Hebei and Shandong provinces registered record-shattering temperatures on June twenty-second, and also on the same day, for example, here in Beijing, temperatures rose above forty degrees Celsius for the first time in June in thirty years. And the service also forecast that temperatures in the city will top forty degrees Celsius later this week. Right, and also just considering that northern parts of China usually are considered. As the cooler part during summertime, but you know, even the the cool places are enduring heat these days. So yeah, it's quite the summer to go through, and we're only in June.、Uh, Pearl, could you help、uh, explain to us, like, how does the heat affect the body? It's easy to say, oh, it's just really, it's really hot all the time, and、uh, but but what does it do to the body that might in, induce、um, illnesses? Well, I mean, a lot of people. First of all, a lot of people have、um, illnesses,、uh, various illnesses that、uh, they suffer from, and、uh, other. When you look at how the heat affects our body,、uh, the weather, which is an external factor, an environmental factor,、uh, it 
gets and then you have your body internal body heat resulting from metabolic processes both contribute to how the body is heated so when the body becomes hot your body temperature can increase your heart rate uh, so you have your heart beating fa- at a faster than normal um, rate and then your blood fo- flow inside your body uh, or in your veins uh, it i mean it flows to the skin because blood vessels dilate um, to increase sweating so you will sweat excessively and uh, looking at what dr jan brawl a family physician and board member of the american academy of family physicians uh, told Outline. He said that uh, he or she said that rather <laughs> heat mostly dehydrates you and warms up your core temperature. When you are outside in the heat, gradually over time, the body will lose moisture and warm up, which accelerates um, the process, meaning that you will get dehydrated faster. And so that's what um, the experts said. They're explaining what happens to our body. Yes, when the body is unable to regulate its temperature due to extreme heat. This can cause illnesses and and this includes heat cramps, heat exhaustion, heat stroke. And these are the things that we're kind of familiar with the terms during summertime. And we've looked at what the WHO says in terms of the best advice for staying safe during a heat wave. Well, there are something, you know, we can do to keep ourselves cool. For example, you can move to the coolest room in your apartment, especially at night, so that we don't really have to rely on AC so much. And of course, if it is not possible to keep your home cool, spend two or three hours of the day in a cool place, such as air-conditioned public building, and also avoid going outside during the hottest time of the day. And also for those people who are engaged in physical labors. Of course, you have to protect yourself well. Do it in the coldest part of the day, which is usually in the morning between 4 and 7 a.m. And also try to stay in the shade. And also, very importantly, do not leave your children or your pets in parked vehicles. That yes. could be really dangerous. Very good point. And how do I keep my body cool? as an individual during a heat wave? Well, you can keep your body cool and hydrated by taking cool showers or baths during a heat wave. Uh, You can also use cold packs and wraps, towels, sponging, food, food baths to keep cool and you can also wear light loose fitting clothing um, especially you know uh, something that's made of silk that's light I think and uh, other materials that are similar to that so don't um, overdress and if you go outside wear wide brimmed hats so that it covers your face it protects your face from the sun as well as a cap or uh, sunglasses if you have those and so don't stare up into the sun it's bad for your eyes. Use light bed linen and sheets. Don't use blankets that you use in the winter time. And also no cushions uh, to avoid heat accumulation. Drink regularly, drink water regularly. So hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. That's what experts say. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point that everybody should remember. And a heat wave can affect anyone, but the most vulnerable people are uh, folks who are a bit older, especially those over 75, and those who live on their own uh, who fall in that category as well, and also those who need to work outside under the heat. And in China, we do have regulation that say that uh, you know the subsidies should go to those who work in such conditions. 
And these regulations need more teeth and the cooperation of companies. So try to stay cool, stay healthy, and we care about you. Okay, that's it for today's roundtable. We'll see you next time.